with purpose and meaning and the power that God provides for that. I mean, wouldn't it be pretty great to have superpowers? See him take off like a rocket? That was awesome. Just, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I, I would end up, though, uh, having a lot of responsibility because I have these powers, like Superman does, to, to respond. Um, but there's a part of me that would love to have the powers because I want to be epic. I, I really do want to. I want to be epic. And there's a part of me that I think we all share. We want to live a significant life. We, we want to be significant. And then we get up in the morning. Uh, we, get, we get ready. We shower, shave, get dressed. I, I, I estimated this week I probably spent... Somewhere north of 2,000 hours shaving in my lifetime. And, you know, you just, you do these routine things. You get up and you get ready and you do the same thing. You want to be epic, you know, you, you want to have the superpowers, but then there's the normal day-to-day, everyday life that's not always epic. It's just not always that exciting and thrilling. It can be very routine and, and mundane. Can you relate to the routine and mundane? I, I, I can. Um, maybe you're in a job, and maybe it could be a career, but it, it's just a job to you. It's just you spend 40 hours plus a week there, and the good days are the ones when there's little drama with the rest of the coworkers and nothing too engaging about it. But you wonder, why, why do I need to spend these 40 hours a week here? Why do I do that? Or maybe you're a parent, and you have kids, and... The same issues come up every day. They need their diapers changed. They need to be fed. They need to be clothed. They, they have the same attitudes. And you're, it just, the day just seems like the same one, like Groundhog Day, the movie. You know, it's just like the same day over and over and over again. And um, you, you, you wonder, am I making any progress here with, with the kids? Are they starting to get anything? For me, as I try to train them, as I try to teach them, maybe you're a student, the grind of homework, exams, projects, all of that stuff, it just, it's wearing on you. And, and maybe you wonder, is, is this going anywhere? What, what is, where is this heading? And then relationships can be hard work, and they, they can be stale at times. They, they can get sort of old, you know? I, I relate to this person and wonder if, they're going to change. Am I going to change? Are we going to just be the same like this? Are we just going to relate like this the rest of our lives? This life gets stale because we were made for more than earth. There's a reason life gets stale. When, when we taste that staleness, there is actually a reason deep down inside of our hearts for that sense of mundane and stale and wow i know there's more than this and the and the reason is god put a desire in the heart of every person on this planet for more ecclesiastes says god has set eternity in the hearts of men he's put this sense of eternity in the heart of every man and woman on the planet People have the resource to make their lives completely comfortable. In the here now, they, 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 they've got all it takes, can wrap themselves in comfort and convenience. 
They want to do more. They don't just want to be comfortable. They don't want to just have convenience. They, they want to leave a legacy. Extremely wealthy people start charitable foundations in an attempt to, to live beyond their lifetime. Because of this eternity that God has put in our hearts, we, we have this sense, we have this desire to live beyond ourselves. And the older I get, the more I turn to the next generation. I, I really want to leave a, a, an impact. I want to make a difference. And I, I don't want to just make a difference in my lifetime and then poof, I'm gone. I, I want to make a difference for the long haul, for eternity. I want to leave something here that lasts, but then I'm not Superman. I don't have x-ray vision. I don't have rocket power. I'm just not Superman, you know, and, and we all know he doesn't exist. <laughs> That's a comic book. He really doesn't. I won't be saving the world. I won't leave people in all of my powers. And you probably won't either. So then we deal with reality. We, we do have something in common, though, with Clark Kent. We all wonder why we exist. In our heart of hearts, when we're quiet, and we're just left alone to think for ourselves, we have a question that haunts us like Clark Kent does. He, he has the same question. Why do I exist? What is my reason? What is my purpose for living? What, why is that? Why am I alive? I remember when I was freshman in college at Baylor. I've mentioned this a few times, but um, I, I was playing baseball. I was really into baseball. I thought baseball was great. But I was playing baseball in the winter four hours a day, and then I was working out besides that to, to play baseball. And then I heard a guy talking that retired from basketball, and he said he realized that it was time to retire when he recognized he was a grown man running around half naked trying to throw a leather ball through a round hoop. And, and, and when he said that, I thought, here I am, I'm in college, I'm spending four or five hours a day trying to hit a little ball over a fence or trying to throw it to second base before the guy gets there, and that's not much more important than, than the little leather ball in the round hoop. It's just, you know, what, why am I here? I hit that spot in my life, and that, that really hit me, and then God began to speak to me, and he began to, to draw my, my heart and mind back to the reason he, he made me. And it's interesting in Superman to discover his reason for living. He goes back to his origins. He goes back to where he came from. And this is a theme that you see in a lot of movies. Movie after movie, you see this quest for purpose, this desire to know why we exist. And this going back to where you came from to discover it, and that makes perfect sense to us. That's, that, that makes sense, doesn't it? You go to where you came from to sort of discover where you're going. At, at a deep level, that makes sense. And this is what Colossians 1.16 says about that. For by him, this is referring to Jesus Christ, who is God. For by him, all things were created things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, 
all things were created by him and for him. God had Paul write this down for us. And what he's saying here is, God made us, and he made us for himself. There's no other reason for our existence. There's no other reason needed. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. But that's our reason for existence. We were made for God. This is the core of what life's about. And God's purpose for us gives life its meaning. Superman goes back to the beginning, goes back to where he came from to find it out. We have to, as human beings, we have to go back to the one who made us to discover why we exist. Check this quote out from The Purpose Driven Life. It was on a Starbucks cup a while back. And uh, kind of fascinating, isn't it? It's on a Starbucks cup. Uh, But anyway, here's what it says. It's by Rick Warren. You are not an accident. Your parents may not have planned you, but God did. He wanted you alive and created you for a purpose. Focusing on yourself will never reveal your purpose. You were made by God and for God, and until you understand that, life will never make sense. Only in God do we discover our origin, our identity, our meaning, our purpose, our significance, and our destiny. We, we have to go back to the one who made us to discover why we exist. If we haven't been created by God, there is no reason to live beyond survival and self-interest. There really isn't. I mean, we're told today that we're sort of uh, biological machines that have have evolved uh, over time. And if that's the case, if we're just sort of a biological machine that's come together and uh, it has evolved to the place we're at now, there, there's no reason to, to live beyond survival and self-interest. Stop and listen to your heart sometime. If you can concentrate and listen right now, listen to it. Does that make sense to you? That you're just a machine that was made to exist for a little while here on earth? That, that God put eternity in here. <laughs> and if, if he made us and crafted us for a specific purpose, then it makes sense to go back to him to discover what that is. If he holds our destiny in his hands, he's the one that holds our destiny. Then the smart thing to do is figure out what his purposes are. What, what, what does God want from me? What... What is his purpose for my life? Figure those out and then do them to figure out where God wants to take us and then head in that direction. That's what makes sense. That's that's how it all comes together. Even when our lives feel mundane, even though we don't feel like Superman, we're part of an epic story that's being written throughout human history and beyond human history. We're part of this story, and God wants us to join with him in it and set our hearts to fulfill his purpose. In in the beginning of time, in the beginning of this world, uh, things were perfect. 
They, they were perfect. This, this is what you find in Scripture. This is going back to the beginning, back to the origins when God made us. First man and woman could literally walk with God. They could walk with him, talk with him, enjoy a relationship with him. There was no conflict, no pain. The world was perfect. But, but God made us with a choice. This is another theme you see in the Superman movie. I'm not going to do any spoilers this morning in case you're worried. No spoilers on Superman. But one of the themes you see in there is we people, for life to have meaning, we need to be able to choose what we do with our lives. And so God didn't create machines. He created human beings with a choice of whether or not to follow him. This theme shows up in movie after movie, iRobot, all of them. You know, as we as we you know as we move toward uh, uh, more and more artificial intelligence and things that our our imaginations go wild. So this theme shows up, and we know life has no meaning if we can't choose. It only has meaning if we can make a choice. And so God gave us a choice. He gave us the power to choose. Love has to be a choice. He made us in a real sense to love Him, to relate to Him. He didn't need that, but he, he wanted that. So that's why he made us. And without a choice to love him or not, it's not really love. So God gave us the choice to love him or not, and we chose to turn away from God. That's what you find out in Scripture. We chose to not love him. E- even though he handcrafted us and offered us everything we need to be happy, the first man and woman chose to go it on their own. And God allows that. If you choose that, God allows that, and that's what happened. The meaning of life was lost at that moment because that choice to rebel against God and live life independent of him cut us off from knowing God personally. It cut us off from being able to relate to God. It separated us from him because God allowed us to make that choice, and that choice separated us from him. That's what the first man and woman did. That's what every one of us have done since. We've decided to live, go it on our own, to live life independent of him. And the meaning was lost because meaning and purpose flows out of the one who made us. It flows from a relationship with him. So to remedy the situation, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life and to die in our place, to pay the ultimate price for our rebellion and to die in our place and to give us new life. When we give our lives to him then, when we turn around from going our own way and decide to follow him, give our lives to to him and allow him to lead us, to decide we make the choice from going our own way to go God's way, he gives us eternal life. And he invites us to join him in fulfilling his purpose on the earth. In, In the movie, Clark Kent faces all kinds of obstacles. But he's Superman, and we're not. And it's just a movie. This is real life that we're facing. The biggest contrast between Clark Kent, Superman, and ourselves is that Superman has all these superpowers in himself, and we get what we need when we go back to God for the help and the power to do what he wants us to do. Major difference, major contrast. Meaning and power flow out of God's purpose for us. 
Look at Philippians 2. It says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, what this is talking about is those who have decided to follow Christ. We have eternal life. We have salvation. But we're, our responsibility is to work that out, to try to figure out what that means, how to live for what God made us for, His purpose for our lives. And while we're doing that, God is working in us to will and to act for His purpose as well. He's giving the help that we need as we rely on Him to do what He made us to do. So God's at work in us. He, he's helping us to do the things he wants us to do. And, and if he wants us to do something, he, he gives us what we need to accomplish it. We don't need to somehow summon the strength in ourselves. In fact, we're not supermen and women. We can't. We can't do that. In one of the trailers for the movie, we're told every person can be a force for good. That's true. Every one of us can do good if we choose. And it also says, though, we're all free to forge our own destiny. Not, not so true, is it? Do you feel completely in control of your life? Have you, have you tried to forge a destiny for yourself? There are a lot of variables, a lot of factors that are beyond our control that make it so we, we really don't have the superpowers inside of us to forge our own destiny. We need help. From God to fulfill our purpose. And what you find in the Bible and the scripture is it's only through cooperating with Him, with God, that we actually live with real purpose. This is, this is how you find it right here. It's from Him. Nothing we try to forge on our own is going to last. It's just not. You, you may not feel like you have much in common with Superman, but one thing's for sure. Opportunities to fulfill your destiny show up every day. I go, when I think of Superman, I go back to the TV show. You know, Clark Kent's working in the newsroom. All of a sudden, there's a problem shows up, and he, I think he goes into a phone booth. Did he go into a phone booth? Yeah. Comes out of Superman. It's awesome. The way that show worked is, Opportunity after opportunity would flow by every day in the normal circumstances of life, and he would jump in the phone booth, come out of Superman, fix the problem. Well, what we have in common with that scenario is this. Opportunities to fulfill our destiny flow by every single day. But we have to know what we're looking for in order to fulfill it. We, we have... We tend to equate fulfilling our destiny with an epic opportunity, which means most of us are doomed to insignificance. We're just, we're living our life day by day, and we're waiting for our epic opportunity to come by. It never comes. Well, okay. Guess I just wasn't meant to live for anything that matters. I, you know, no epic opportunity has shown up for me, so I'm doomed to a life of insignificance. That's how we tend to think. If an epic 
opportunity never comes along, then we, we feel ripped off and our life isn't significant. But in reality, fulfilling your destiny comes from taking action every day to do the small things that add up over time and become an epic life. This is how, this is how God's wired it together. This is, this is how it works. The good news is you don't need superpowers to live an epic life. You, you need God's power to do your purpose right now in this moment. And then in the next moment, you'll need God's power to live for his purpose then. But what you really need to live a life that matters is God's power right now in this moment to do what I should be doing right now. Let's look at how to connect with God's power to do his purpose but before we do that, I want to step back and look at sort of some of the opportunities that show up every day to fulfill our destiny. And it's important to know this. God doesn't tell time the way we humans do. We tell minutes, seconds, minutes, hours, weeks, months, years. God tells time by opportunity. This is how he tells time. It's not by hours. Opportunities flow by one after the other during our days, and we decide what we're going to do with them. If we make the most of the small opportunities, then they add up and we make the most of life. This is really how it works. Opportunities to fulfill God's purpose come in the form of experiences, relationships, and stewardships. Experiences are often pressure-packed, but we have those every day, don't we? It's, it's Different things come along, experience things. Many times we experience pressure-packed circumstances, and these are the very thing that God wants to use to shape us and mold us. Uh, if we, in the middle of our circumstances, the pressure, the, the experiences that we're going through, if we listen to God and try to respond to Him in the middle of them, or after the fact, learn from them, we're trying to learn what God's saying to us, then God gives us opportunity to help others later on by what we've learned through the experiences. So they don't go to waste. This is tough times. Pressure-packed circumstances aren't a waste if you're walking with God and you're in tune with his purposes for your life because there's meaning and purpose as we allow God to teach us through them and then use them to help others. So experiences, those are opportunities. Relationships. In a given day, we have people we relate to ongoing, you know, all the time, family and friends that we relate to over and over and over again. And then there's new people, new and fresh opportunities to relate to people. Some relationships get stale, and some are new and fresh. But all of our relationships, every opportunity we have to say something or do something with someone or for someone is an opportunity. And... All of our relationships being an opportunity are what God brings day after day after day to help us fulfill our, his purpose for our life. And then stewardship. Stewardship's interesting word. Um, it's, it's actually uh, a little realm of responsibility that you have in your life. It's, it's a, a little piece of, for instance, um, in the big scheme of things, Church of Valley is my stewardship. It's my responsibility. God, when I go to meet God, he's going to ask me 
why I did this, why I said that, why I chose this, why I led us this direction. It's my, I, it's my stewardship. You have stewardships. In uh, your family, you have a role that you play. That's your stewardship. You're part of the family, your portion, your responsibility. That's your stewardship. And uh, at work, you have a job description. That's, that's your stewardship. You're a part of a team. You're trying to make things happen. So uh, your finances are responsibility God's handed to you. And it's, it's through these stewardships, through these responsibilities, that God gives opportunity to live a significant life. There, there's something entrusted in us, and so as we deal with our stewardships every day, some of them may be bigger opportunities than others, but as we handle them faithfully, even in the smallest of things, that brings blessing over time. So we tend to view, here's how we tend to look at life. We tend to view negative, pressure-packed experiences, relationships that we live over and over and over again, sometimes responsibilities, the stewardships that are weighing on us. We we view these as obstacles to an epic life. We see them as, as blockades on the road to really living an important life. In reality, they're the doorway to meaning and purpose. These are the things God wants to use to help us build a life that really matters. If I let God teach me through the pressure, learn to handle it in a way that pleases Him, it's not wasted because I grow through it and I help others with the same pressures. Cindy and I took care of my parents for for five years. Uh, My father for three years and he passed away and then my mother for two more years. Then she passed away. That, that, that is, we didn't anticipate this, but that, that's not easy. To, you know, I was responsible. I, I had decisions to make medically. Cindy take, took care of them every day. She stepped back from her job, and they had the finances to help pay for her to be able to do that. So she took care of the parents. There's, there's a lot of pressure there. They were great. They were fantastic. Um, but it's still not easy. In the midst of that, sometimes I, I did better than others. You know, I don't know what, I don't know, I'm going to find out someday what kind of grade I got on taking care of my parents, but I don't know how to factor that in because the pressure, you know, you just, it's tough. But you know what? God has used that pressure-packed circumstance over and over and over again in the lives of other people who are going through the same thing. People my age, they're going through the same stuff. So what we tried to, you know, what we learned through that experience, we can pass on. There's meaning in that. There's purpose in that. We didn't just go through those five years and think, wow, we're sacrificing a lot. That really wasn't why we did it. We tried to do it before God, and God, it turns out, as we tried to handle it in a way that brings honor to Him, is using it over and over and over again. There's meaning in this. There's purpose in this. This is how God's wired... Everyday opportunities, they flow by, and if we handle them faithfully, he uses that. Relationships, old and new, become an opportunity to bless others and find meaning. I have a friend, Thad King, very giving, very serving. Early on, as I was trying to figure out how to walk with God, how to do ministry, he, he came along and really made an investment in me. But I, over and over again, 
I think back to Thad and the times that he served me, and that, that spurs me on. He, he had an impact in my life that goes on and on. That, that brings meaning to the way that we relate. If we'll do that same thing, if we'll set an example, there's one story when we were in seminary. I love this story. I wasn't going to tell it, but I got to tell you. Um, we, I used to have a janitorial service when I was working my way through seminary, and I had this car that didn't run very often. It actually took a lot of work to get it started, and about 2, 3 in the morning, Thad and Rhonda, his wife, they lived in the same apartments as us, and and I'd go out and, you know, try to start the car, and uh, Thad would hear me, <laughs> and Rhonda would punch, bro, bro, bro needs help, okay? And so I probably wanted to go back to sleep partly, but many, many mornings he came out and poured gasoline in the carburetor. That's back when they had carburetors, so that I could start the car. There, that's, how, that's how Thad was. That's how, the, the, if you serve... Oh, Sometimes that gets so mundane. Oh, these people, they always need help. They always need this. Why can't they do it on their own? Why can't Randy get a new carburetor? You know, I mean, it gets so old. But if we'll do that day after day, as the opportunities flow by, we'll just serve. That leaves an imprint on the person. That left an imprint on me. I'm, I'm natively very selfish. I was the baby in my family, but Thad's example spurs me on to be someone who thinks about other people. That, that's, that's how you find purpose and meaning in life. Our responsibilities, sometimes we see them, don't we, as an interruption uh, to living a life that we really want to live. But it's in those, if we'll set to please God with faithfulness, it's in those that he promises to reward and he builds through life. One after the other, as we handle things faithfully, God builds. He arranged, this is the way God's arranged the flow of life. From one opportunity to the next, it flows. The key question is, How am I going to handle this opportunity that's right in front of me right now? And how do I connect to God's power and purpose every day as the opportunities roll by? And here's the answer. I'm going to wrap up with these two specific things. First, acknowledge God and his role in your life. I want to look at the first two phrases in the Lord's Prayer because Jesus showed us how to connect in that prayer. He says, first of all, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, and therefore us, he says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you've given your life to Christ, you've decided to follow him, then God is your Father who wants to help you live for him. And that's where you start every day. Jesus tells us to start here. He says, remind yourself, talk to God and acknowledge who he is, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy are you, God. You are holy. You are, you're so different. You're so perfect. You're so, so morally right. That's very different. Maybe, but yet you've decided to be my father. And it's that, that warm relationship 
with God as our Father that helps us to begin. When I get a phone call and I hear, hey, Dad, on the other end, or hi, Poppy. My daughter calls me Poppy sometimes. That's kind of cool. I like that. It's, it, it's, it's a great way to start the conversation because my heart is warmed at that moment. That's what, that's what Jesus tells us to do. Our Father, who art in heaven, you're in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Holy are you, God. We're in a dependent relationship with him. We were created by him, and we were created for him. And we have to get connected to him day after day, moment by moment. If we're going to fulfill his purpose, we need the Father's help. And he's ready to give power, but he'll let us choose whether we're going to tap into it or not. And this is the way we do it. Second, aim to align yourself with God's purpose every day. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God gives power to accomplish his will. He'll let us, this is the way it works, he will let us go on our own and do our own thing, but he will not give us power for that. God allows us to go on our own, but he does not empower it. He only gives power to what he wants to do. So Jesus is telling us to set our heart to work with him as king, to bring in his kingdom, to do his will on earth as it's done in heaven. Uh, God will let you try to build your own kingdom, but there's no power there for that. There are three giant statements in the Bible that clarify God's purpose for our lives. I just want to walk through them quickly, and you may want to go back this week and read through the statements yourself. We're not going to read them here. But it's these things that help us get aligned with God's purpose. First of all, we're told to get dominion. I love that. Get dominion. In Genesis 1, 27, 28, we're to get dominion. That means to bring the resources of the earth, our resources, the resources that we have under control to do good, to make it useful. There's all kinds of stuff packed in this command. Family life, science, technology, exploration, education, work. There's all kinds of stuff in that command. If you read it, it's all there. For instance, the world didn't come with indoor plumbing. But, you know, part of fulfilling this command is figuring out how do you, how do you make that work? You know, how do you make it convenient? Bring, bring the, the, the water that's out there that we need for living and doing different things. How do you bring it? That's part of this command. We're given stewardships, little portions of the earth to handle and bring under control. And what they tend to do is they tend to unravel. We've got to keep gathering back and focusing them to do what they should do to do the good that they need to do. Project at work, doing the dishes, doing the yard. There are things that we have to keep working to bring under control, to make them look good, to handle it, to accomplish what we should with them. God wants us to be faithful in these. So the mundane, some of the mundane things in life, the things that get routine and stale, we can do those to the glory of God because he, he actually intended life to be this way. Second <clears throat> big statement, Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 40, love God and love people. We love God through obedience. <clears throat> Excuse me. We love God through obedience and we love people through kindness and consideration. As people, as relationships go on and on every day, we have opportunities to love God by loving the people he made, by doing right before him. If you make the most of helping people and looking to their interests, 
your life can be significant if you do it small things every day. And then third, he wants to make disciples, to help other people decide to follow Christ as well. If you glorify God and fulfill his purpose in the small things, you'll look back at a life that's been epic. It's not going to happen all at once. That epic opportunity is not necessarily going to come. But if you'll do the small things every day, you can leave a legacy of faithfulness and blessing for your family, for your friends, for your co-workers, for the people around you. They're drawn to the right things by the example you've set. You make an impact on a future generation. The small efforts you've made every day add up to make a huge difference over a lifetime. Don't wait for a supersized opportunity to come along to be faithful, to do what you can do, to be motivated to accomplish what God's made you to accomplish. God wants us to be faithful in the small things. And he wants to use our lives to tell an epic story of his faithfulness to the world. We're a part of that story. If you decided to follow Christ as your Lord, he wants to make you a part of that story. I'd like to ask the band to come up, and we're going to wrap up uh, the message by looking at some next steps that we could take. If you would, please take out the connection card that's in your program and look at the back. Uh, these next steps are listed there. You may want to fill out some more information on that card or uh, let us know you're taking one of these steps that I'm mentioning. And then when the offering comes around, uh, you can drop it in the offering here in a few moments. But here are my suggested next steps. First, pray Matthew 6, 9 through 10 every day this week and set my heart to cooperate with him. That's my, my, my next step. Every day this week, in the morning, I'm going to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, would you help me cooperate with you? Would you help me do what you've made me to do today? As the, as the opportunities flow by, help me to be faithful. Help me to handle my experiences before you with your help, not on my own. Help me to relate to people and treat them a way that would please you. Help me to handle the little portions of the world that are mine in a way that brings honor and glory to you and in a way that shows you, you know, faithfulness. And then help me to live for your purpose. Second step you could take is to align with God's purpose uh, this week to either get dominion, love, or share Christ. There may be one of those you want to look into and pray over this week and set your heart to do. Circle that. Circle the one you want to get into if there is one. Um, maybe you need to take some time and read through the passages connected to those. And then, final step related to the message is, for the very first time, I'm deciding to accept Jesus as my Savior and follow Him as Lord. Maybe you've been investigating what it means to follow Christ. You, you've realized that you need to turn from going your own way and decide to follow Him and give your life completely to Him. You could let us know you've done that by uh, checking that box. That'd be great. And then there's other options on there as well. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth we find in your word that really does help us. It helps us to realize what life's all about. And I just pray, God, that you, you would um, empower us to do your purpose for our lives, help us to realize what that is. And help us, God, to, to live for the purpose for which you've made us every day. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray.